Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning. Don't run away, Lisa. <laughs> welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor appointed to serve here, and this is... I am Lisa Burns. Oh, I thought this was on. Can you hear? Yes. Okay. I am Lisa Burns, and my pronouns are she, her, and I'm a congregant here at this church and your lay litur liturgist today. Excellent, and we are so grateful for your uh, being here and being a part of leading us in worship. Uh, so, my friends, it is a delight to be back with you after being away for a little over a week, and I won't tell you about the sunshine, <laughs> but it was great, uh, but I did miss all of you, and it's great to be with you this morning. And so now, if you would, on this first Sunday in the season of Lent, uh, be so good as to uh, join together in the call to worship. We are gathered to worship God. O Holy One, send your spirit upon us. We come from many places with many burdens. Send your spirit upon us. We turn our hearts to you, O God. Send your spirit upon us and make us your beloved family. As we worship and as we live. And indeed, as we gather together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we want to be, um, oh, what? There's something going on. Today. There's something we're supposed to do today, but I can't remember. Did you remember to bring your pledge form? pledge. Oh, it's the pledge. It's yeah, I think. I think I got one of those in the mail. Mine. You recycled yours. Uh, well, is this really important? Do we need to fill out this form? This is very important because knowing what you estimate your giving to be determines the budgeting for the church and whether or not we can fulfill all of the dreams of our strategic priorities. Oh, oh. I did that last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, if you did it last year, we want to thank you and very I got much. The automatic withdrawal. And that's fabulous, but you know what? You need to do it again to let oh. us know for sure what your intention is. But you know, I'm retired now and I don't, you know, I have less, less money, but there are other people have more money and <laughs> we can just let them do it, right? <laughs> Oh, you mean those anonymous others. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing about being part of Christian community is it's not just about them, it's about us together. Oh. And it truly does take all of us to make our dreams come true. Well, can we give more than we gave last year? You, that would be fine. That would be fine. Okay, but if I recycled mine, what, now what do I do? You know what? We have some right here. And in fact, the ushers have some. And they would oh, be more than happy to give you one if you want to just raise your hand if you need one. And they'll come right down now. Come on in, oh. ushers. We have and some hands raised. And then we fill raised. those out. And then what do we do with them once we fill them out? Once we fill them out, then um, it, later in the service, you'll have an opportunity to come forward and place your form in this lovely box up here oh. as an act of commitment uh, to live out your faith as a part of this community. And, and what if... What if I don't like to fill out forms? Can I do it online? Uh, you can do it online as well. Okay, if you um, we go to the website, it, you can We want to make it easy for you. Right. <laughs> and if I didn't bring it, because I didn't, because I recycled mine, but if I have it at home, like I know somebody that might have it at home, they can bring it later it's okay anytime anytime okay yes but soon because but we, very yeah. soon yes okay. because okay. like this week that would be fabulous okay okay good. all right oh, thank, answered my all right. questions oh. you got it <laughs> thank you <laughs> well thank you very much for indulging us in a little drama and uh, now let's take a moment to share the peace of Christ one with another. The peace of Christ be with you all.
um, three-day weekend, we are having family church today, which means that there's no Sunday school following the children's sermon, but there are those great activity bags hanging up in the back. So we hope that the kids will stay in worship and will um, make use of those bags if they would like. And now, Katie is bringing us the children's sermon. Can I have a bag if the sermon's boring? Yes, you may. Anyone can. <laughs> all right, can all the kids come on up? Cool. All right. Wow, well, let me sit down and I'm Katie. Hi, hi, hi. Okay, thank you. Do you know what our Bible story is going to be about today? Why would you know? I'm going to tell you what it's about. It's about Jesus was out in the middle of his country, Israel, and suddenly from heaven, do you know what God said about him? God said, this is my son. I love him. I love him with my whole heart. Can you imagine if someone said that to you? I love you with my whole heart. That'd be kind of cool. What do you think your face looks like when you love somebody? You don't know? Does it look like, let me see. Does it look like that? No. <laughs> Doesn't look like that, does it? No. That's pretty funny, isn't it? What do you think? Does it look like that? Sometimes? Yeah, yeah. So we can, we can hear someone say, I love you, and we can also see it on their face, can't we? Like, or maybe, oh my goodness. Does it look like that? No, no, that's, no, that person, what do you think that person's feeling? Angry, frustrated, what do you think they feel? Yeah, yeah, that's what that, that's not what the face looks like. What about that face? Would you like to see that person? You're not so sure, huh? They look a little scary. I think they look pretty excited. If someone looked like that when I came in the room, I'd go, oh, they like me. Yeah. Yeah. Let me think one more. Oh, there she is again. All excited. I liked her. Oh, what about this one? Yes. You like that one? What do you like about it? You just like it. Yeah. That looks like a grandmother, maybe. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Our faces can show that we really like somebody or we really love somebody. Do you think sometimes we forget to show people we like them? Like maybe we have a tummy ache or maybe we're frustrated like that other person and we forget to show, right? Even if we still love them, we sometimes forget to show it. But 
do you know something really amazing? God never, ever, ever forgets to show us that he loves us. Every moment of every day, he's looking at you, and he doesn't have a scary face, maybe. Maybe sometimes he has that awesome, awesome face. But he always is smiling, always, 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 no matter what. Even if you don't make your bed or don't hand in your homework, or, well, I'm sure you never forgot to do those things, did you? No. Maybe once, yeah. I forgot all the time. Homework and I, not so much. But God never forgets to show us that he loves us. He always, always loves us. And you know something else kind of interesting and I think amazing and maybe miraculous? I think if we, in a minute, when I say go, if we were to stand up, and, and when I say go, and turn around and look at the people in our church, I bet you'd see faces that are remembering to show you that they love you. You'd see smiles and not, and maybe you'd see a thumbs up, but you'd see people here that love you. So let's stand up and give it a try. Okay, go ahead, go. Look at that. They love you. I'm going to look at the choir, see if anybody loves me. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Let's pray, okay? Dear God, thank you that always, every day, every minute, no matter what, you love us. Amen. I'm going to leave.
like to take just a moment to give a few notes of introduction to the scripture, which we'll hear read this morning. It comes from the gospel according to Mark. Now the gospel of Mark was the first written gospel dating to about 70 years following Jesus' death and resurrection. And it begins with the account of John the Baptist in the wilderness calling Israel to repentance. This is an apocalyptic sign, which means John's baptism is a sign of God's coming, bringing both judgment and hope. It implies a vote of no confidence in the current power structure of the world. In this part of the gospel, we hear that Jesus comes to be baptized as a public act of commitment to the way of God. And with his baptism, Jesus signals the end of his former life as he dies to the assumptions, the worldviews, and the obligations of his former life as a citizen of Galilee. This makes baptism not only a religious act, but also a political one. When he comes up out of the river, Jesus is free of those obligations to anyone other than God. Mark tells us that the heavens are torn apart. Again, a high apocalyptic image showing that the boundaries between earth and heaven are dissolved in Jesus. Right after the baptism, Mark says, the spirit sends Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. What's interesting about the Gospel of Mark is, Mark does not describe any of those temptations like the other Gospels do. Those details are not as important for Mark as the fact that Jesus is retracing Israel's history in order to write their story anew. While Israel stumbled in the wilderness for 40 years, Jesus withstands Satan's tests in the wilderness for 40 days. And when he returns, the first declaration he makes is to announce the fulfillment that God's time is about to commence. Let's listen now as Alicia reads the scripture for us. Hello, church. We are the Valcarcel family. My name's Ariana, and do you want to come up, Matias? This is... <laughs> and this is... Alessia. And we have the pleasure of um, sharing the scripture with you today. So Alessia is going to read it. So are you ready? Good morning, church. My name is Alessia. Please rise in whatever ways are meaningful to you for the reading of the scripture. This morning's scripture reading is from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15 in the Common English Bible. About at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. 
While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, You are my son, whom I dearly love. In you I find happiness. Once the spirit forced Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild animals, and the angels took care of him. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, announcing God's news, saying, Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives, and trust this good news. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Please join in the singing of the hymn of preparation. and peace to you from God and from Jesus who calls us into community this day. Well, my friends, welcome to Lent. 
Now, don't bother looking for it in the Bible. It is not there. There was no such thing in biblical times as Lent. This custom of taking 40 days to prepare for Easter with prayer and self-reflection, it didn't spring up with the first Christian communities, but came much later, about the fourth century, in fact. It came about when that first rush of Christian adrenaline was over, and believers had become rather nonchalant about their faith. It came about when Christians had stopped the radical kind of sharing and advocating for the poor and ordering their lives around the priorities of holiness. That was when the church announced the season of Lent from the Old English word Lenten, meaning spring. So here we are, once more, invited into a sort of spring cleaning for our souls. It's a gift we have been given, these 40 days to focus more on faith than on fortune. We have before us 40 days to remember what it is to live by the grace of God and not only by what we can do for ourselves. 40 days to reset our own priorities and reset our focus. 40 days for us to be as honest as Pablo Neruda gets in his poem entitled, We Are Many. He says, of the many men whom I am, whom we are, I cannot settle on a single one. They are lost to me under the cover of clothing. They have departed for another city. When everything seems to be set to show me off as a man of intelligence, the fool I keep concealed on my person takes over my talk and occupies my mouth. On other occasions, I am dozing in the midst of people of some distinction. And when I summon my courageous self, a coward completely unknown to me swaddles my poor skeleton in a thousand tiny reservations. When a stately home bursts into flames, instead of the fireman I summon, an arsonist bursts on the scene, and he is I. There is nothing I can do. What must I do to distinguish myself? How can I put myself together? Great question, Pablo. It's a question each of us has asked more than once. How? Can I put myself together? You know, there is so much in this life which tears us apart and tempts us to embrace that old advice to divide and conquer. We are afraid to show our inner light, thinking it may be too fragile or too easily extinguished by the world. And 
and we are equally afraid to admit to the inner darkness, imagining we are the only ones suffering the wilderness of temptation and sometimes succumbing to it. So we end up living divided lives, hiding behind a wall of fear that someone will find out who we really are. And then along comes the season of Lent, what Barbara Brown Taylor calls a sort of outward bound for the soul. You know, you don't have to sign up for it. You don't even have to be that excited about it. But if you enter into it, you're going to have to give up the illusion that you are in control. You're gonna to have to give up the frantic need to keep everything together. You're gonna to have to give up the prospect of keeping an impossible number of balls in the air. You're going to have to give up the carefully constructed and totally falsified image of yourself. Taylor puts it this way, maybe a little spell in the wilderness is worth a try. A few weeks of choosing to live on less, not more, of practicing subtraction instead of addition, not because your regular life is bad, but because you want to make sure it is your real life, the one you long to be living which is hard to do when you're living on fast food and busyness. We all use something. We all have a favorite pacifier, murder mysteries, Facebook, Pottery Barn catalogs, sapphire gin and tonic. <laughs> or in my case, the addictive real estate pornography of Zillow. <laughs> well, Taylor goes on to say, I'm not saying that these are awful things. I'm just saying they are distractions. The things we reach for when we are too tired, too sad, or too afraid to enter the wilderness of the present moment, to wonder what it's really about or who else is in it, or maybe just to make a little bed in the sand. Side effects may occur. We've all heard that phrase. We've seen the warnings on every prescription we've seen advertised or have picked up at the pharmacy. We know that even the best medicine can produce unwanted and unexpected consequences. As individuals, we have been sufficiently warned that side effects may occur. But what about as a community, as a nation, or even as the whole world itself? What exactly are the side effects of choosing a pacifier over an honest emotion? Or choosing an addiction over a relationship? Or choosing a false and divided self over the real you? What happens when we give in to the temptation to forget not only who we are, but also to whom we belong? 
when we focus, for instance, solely on individual rights and forget the good of the whole. Side effects are going to occur as we lose sight of our interconnection, in interconnectedness, our need for each other and our responsibility to one another. Side effects like mass shootings in school buildings and theaters, concert venues, even in churches. Side effects like widespread food and housing insecurity. Side effects like alienation and polarization into little cliques of us versus them. Side effects like increasing hostility, the rise of extremism and terrorism and even outright warfare. Side effects may occur. Someone once suggested that at its root, all temptation is about forgetting who we are. Every temptation Jesus faces in the wilderness and every one that we find in our own wilderness is asking us to give up the truth of our souls, to forget who we are, to content ourselves living divided lives, to fool ourselves into thinking we won't notice and nobody else will care. Neruda concludes his poem this way. I would like to be able to touch a bell and call up my real self, the truly me. Because if I really need my proper self, I must not allow myself to disappear. My friends, it seems to me that as a nation, we have allowed ourselves to disappear. We have forgotten who we are, a community of individuals tied together. We need each other, and we bear a responsibility to one another. I was reminded of this powerfully last Sunday when I worshiped with the Lahaina United Methodist Church on Maui. This congregation lost its beautiful historic church building in the devastating wildfire last August, which also claimed 101 lives and left more than 6,000 people homeless. Even though I had seen all the pictures on television and I had watched in horror as the news unfolded, I was not quite prepared for the emotional impact of driving by and seeing most of Lahaina gone. Just gone. In its place, there were hundreds of crosses, many adorned with lays, and photos of loved ones lost, covered temporary fencing. And a multitude of Hawaiian flags and Lahaina strong slogans were graffitied on bridges. It was almost too much to bear, just witnessing the grief five months after the flames were extinguished. 
We need each other. We bear a responsibility to one another. When faced with disasters, natural and human caused, and when simply living day to day, we need each other and we bear a responsibility to one another. Now is the time to risk the side effects of God's kingdom, where the focus shifts from me to we, from isolation to relationship, from fear to love. Now is the time. In fact, now more than ever, we must put our money where our mouths are. We must put ourselves into our stated priorities with our pledges and with our actions. We must become the people of God, the beloved community God calls us to be. If we were to truly read the fine print of the gospel this morning, and begin to live it from the inside out this Lent, I believe we would find a way to say no to the greatest temptation of them all, which is the temptation to think that God has abandoned us. It is tempting to look around at the sorry state of the world filled with violence and discontent with poverty and disorientation, with catastrophes filling every screen we own, and to see only that, and to think that God is not present. My friends, this Lent, won't you join me in saying no to that temptation? Won't you join me Take these days to truly reset and restart, to reclaim the truly you and help me reclaim the truly me. But watch out, side effects may occur. Side effects like peace and forgiveness, like hope and joy, side effects like wholeness Shalom and love. Thanks be to God. Amen.
As we come to a time of prayer, I would invite you to take a look in the bulletin for the prayer concerns that are listed there. We'll take a few moments in silence for you to lift those persons and situations and those closest to your own hearts this day. Let us pray. O Holy One, you are the God who makes extravagant promises. We relish your great promises of fidelity and presence and solidarity, and we exalt in them, only to find out, often too late, that your promise always comes in the midst of a hard, deep call to obedience. You are the God who calls people like us, and the long list of mothers and fathers before us who trusted the promise enough to keep the call. So we give thanks that you are a calling God who calls always to new places of temptation and then gives us the courage to remember our true selves, our identity as your children. We pray for enough of your grace and your mercy that we may be among those who believe your promises enough to respond to your call, that we may enter every wilderness with the assurance of your presence and your power to guide us through. We pray in the name of the one who embodied your promise most closely and enacted your call most fully, even Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial. Deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. This morning is, as you've already heard, Pledge Sunday, and we have a great opportunity to hear a stewardship moment from Phil.
Good morning, church. Good morning. Wow, that was a good response. Thank you. <laughs> and you may have noticed right off the bat, I am not Brittany Dean, although I hope to be someday, I guess. <laughs> but in the meantime, you have to listen to me for a few minutes. Uh, so good morning, dear church family. Uh, my wife, Katie Brock, and I have been members here for over 10 years and have been privileged to serve here in many capabilities. Today, I am here as the closer. <laughs> for our stewardship campaign, and I want to thank Pastor Donna for the opportunity to have the closing moment here. Over the past several weeks and this morning, you've heard from several speakers about the importance of our stewardship campaign. Today, I stand before you, literally, not just to echo their calls for support, but to remind us of the why behind our collective efforts. I want to first take a moment to remind us what this campaign truly represents. It is not merely a financial goal. It is the tangible commitment to our strategic priorities. The priorities we discussed and agreed to as a congregation just a few short weeks ago. Priorities that represent the heartbeat of our church. As a reminder, these are church, youth, and families, social justice, welcome, inclusion, and diversity, stable leadership and governance, community service, and music. So let me ask the question, are these not important? Are they not the pillars upon which we build our future? The guiding stars which, that direct our actions and intentions? I think these are important. I think they are worthwhile. And if these truly are important to us, and if we believe they are priorities, it will take commitment from all of us. Edmonds, we have a problem. We have a gap. A gap that we have estimated for our budget and what we have received so far in pledges. Well, to help with demonstration, I brought a visual aid. And no, it's not a flannel board, but I really wanted it to be. <laughs> it is a board, though, and the board is this. This is Everybody see that? Okay. This is where we want to be, up here. This is where we are here. We have a little, th uh, well, a thermometer out in the hallway as well, but I like the, the pink for effect. <laughs> so I will uh, put this up. Donna, would you mind holding that? You can be the, the stick holder. So our pledge, uh, estimate is $1,284,416. I just rounded it to $281,000, uh, $10,000. Pledges received to so far is $423,422. That was as last Thursday. I'm sure it's going to be different today. And I brought tape to update. <laughs> I'm ready. 
So, again, let me ask, why are we here? Why am I here? Well, I'm here to gently nudge. Well, maybe not so gently, but with both urgency and optimism to make a pledge today. If you have made a pledge already, thank you. If you can increase your pledge, thank you. If now is not the time to make a financial commitment, thank you. For there is more, for these priorities, there's more work to be done than just financially. This is our moment to step up, to fill the gap, to ensure that our priorities are not just aspirations, but realities we live by and achieve together. There is still quite a way to go. The gap is considerable, and the priorities we agree to are also considerable. As Pastor Donna reminded us this morning, our pledge is a lifeline to the programs and initiatives that breathe life into our church. It supports the nurturing of our children, the empowerment of our youth, and the strengthening of families. It amplifies our voice and actions in social justice, deepening our commitment to making a difference. It fosters an environment where everyone is welcomed, included, and celebrated for their unique selves. It also ensures stable leadership and governance, enabling us to navigate the future with confidence. It enhances our community services service efforts, reaching out to those in need with open hands and hearts. And let's not forget the role of music, which we, uh, uplifts our spirits and binds us together in harmony, as we have already heard today. In expressing my gratitude for the warmth and generosity that defines us, I want to empathize emphasize that this church is more than a place of worship. It is a community, a family, united by our shared mission and values. As we conclude our stewardship campaign today, let us join together in the spirit of generosity, guided by our strategic priorities to ensure our church continues to be a sanctuary of hope action, and unity. Thank you for your pledge today, for being an integral part of our church's journey, and for embodying the spirit of generosity that allows us to dream big and achieve even bigger outcomes. Thank you once again for being the heart and soul of our church family. Now is the long-awaited and much-anticipated moment. I'm going to move this little uh, stand down so it's a little easier for you. And while Songhee plays for us, I'm gonna invite you to come and bring forward your pledge as a commitment to your part in this beloved community.
Friends, both here in the sanctuary and online, I invite us now into a time of giving to support the uh, amazing staff of this church, as well as the transformational ministries to which the Spirit is calling us. You can give in a few ways, certainly in the offering plate that's being passed, also online at edmundsumc.org forward slash give, and you can send a check to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. I invite us to give with gratitude, with vision, and with purpose.
loving God, stir our hearts to hear what you would have us do. May we be your hands and feet in this world. We pray that you would bless these gifts from the hearts of those who have given toward that purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. I have just a few announcements I would like to draw your attention to. You'll find a number of them in the back of the bulletin. Um, first of all, you'll notice that the Diversity and Inclusion uh, Committee, the strategic planning team around Welcome Diversity and Inclusion, is looking for some more folks who want to help with that. So if that's something that you uh, have a passion for and would like to offer yourself, um, contact Marlene and let her know that if you would. Um, also, we're looking for some folks to serve as mentors for our youth. Uh, this is not a huge time commitment. It's really a com uh, more of a love commitment. And so if you think that you might be able to offer some mentoring, uh, contact Karen Johnson and let her know that. Um, make note of the blood drive over at Holy, Holy Rosary next Sunday. If you are someone who can give blood, that's a good thing to do and a nice way to support our neighbors in the faith. And um, then I also want to um, remind you to look at your e-news. Um, this goes without saying, every week we'd like you to actually read it. Uh, <laughs> don't just click on it and then trash it. Uh, please read it because there's a great and exciting article in there uh, this week about our solar panel project. And next Sunday, uh, you'll get a little bit more information here in worship about that as well. Finally, we have been blessed this morning by having a fabulous choir, which we always have, right? Um, and we've had some additional singers with us, uh, folks from the Evergreen Ensemble. If you were here last night, say amen. amen. Because it was a fabulous concert. And if you missed it, you have another opportunity today at uh, 3 o'clock at Trinity Parish Church in Seattle. And anybody that was here can testify that you don't want to miss it. It was truly fabulous. Um, which probably needs another round of applause. Well, my friends, let's join now in the closing hymn.
Let us go out remembering that we are surrounded by circles of care in one another, that we are in fact those angels offering healing and hope, love and forgiveness, mercy and grace to one another and to the world around us. May the peace of Christ go with us. Amen. Thank you.